night, family. Welcome to Wednesday night service, episode number two of The Conversation. We world premiered last week. I, I, don't, I wouldn't call it a world premiere, probably locally, as far as Alhambra to the Valley. <laughs> but hey, we're believing this conversation is going to go to the world, people. And I've been, I'm joined tonight by, I called them guests last week, but they have been promoted to co-host. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to my new co-host, Kendall Haley, everybody, and Elise Marie Murphy. Is that because no one else was available? Uh, no, they were available, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I went with you. I went with you. We're excited. We're honored. We're honored. Are, are you honored? Yes. By the way, it wasn't just local. My parents watched from Australia, so we are, we are global. Wow. Okay, let me start over. Hey, welcome to the conversation. <laughs> you are watching a global ministry. All right. um, we're going through the life of Joseph, and um, we really believe that this is pertinent to this time. Yeah. I believe that God is going to speak to us. Joseph had a dream, went through some very difficult times as we are, um, but that did not stop those dreams that God had for him coming to pass. So from coming to pass. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter 41. Uh, tonight, verses 8 through 34. Now, I know it's a, quite a few verses, but this might be the most Bible verses you've read all week. Um, and they're the most I've read all week. That's and I'm a that's, pastor. That's, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I know. So it's, it's okay. It's okay. And so we're going to go through these verses. I'm going to try to get through them quickly, but yet um, pray that it would speak to all of us. Um, we're going to start with verse um, 8. Pharaoh um, had a dream, and he was very disturbed by the dream. And if you are if you tuned into last week's episode, you'll know that Joseph was in jail interpreting the dreams of other prisoners. And now we catch up to one of those prisoners was released from jail. And now he is in the presence of Pharaoh, who has also had a dream. Verse 8 says this. The next morning, Pharaoh was very disturbed by the dreams. So he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. When Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell him what they meant. Finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up. Today I have been reminded of my failure, he told Pharaoh. Some time ago you were angry with the chief baker and me, and you imprisoned us in the palace of the captain of the guard. One night the chief baker and I each had a dream, and each dream had its own meaning. There was a young Hebrew man who was with us in the prison, who was a slave of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he told us what each of our dreams meant. And, and everything happened just as he predicted. I was restored to my position as cupbearer, and the chief baker was executed and impaled on a pole. This, this guy's long-winded. He's just giving him all the details. <laughs> Verse 14 says, Pharaoh sent for Joseph at once, and he was quickly brought from the prison. Um, after he shaved and changed his clothes, he went in and stood before Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night. And no one here can tell me what it means, but I've heard that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph replied, it's beyond my power to do this, but, I, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. So Pharaoh told Joseph his dream. In my dream, he said, I was standing on the bank of the Nile River and I saw seven fat, healthy cows come up from the river and be, begin grazing in the marsh grass. But then I saw seven sick-looking Cows, come on, sick cows. Cows out here struggling, sick, looking all nasty, scrawny and thin, frail. Uh, frail. <laughs> uh, any other words? Come up after them. And I've never seen such sorry-looking animals in all the land of Egypt. These thin, scrawny cows ate the seven cows, but afterwards you wouldn't even have known it, for they were still as thin and scrawny as before. Then I woke up. 
Verse 22 says, In my dream I also saw seven heads of grain, full and beautiful, growing on a single stalk. Then seven more heads of grain appeared, but these were blighted, shriveled, and withered by the east wind. And the shriveled heads swallowed the seven healthy heads. I told these dreams to the magicians, but no one can tell me what they mean. Joseph responded, both of Pharaoh's dreams mean the same thing. God is telling Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The seven healthy cows and the seven healthy heads of grains both represent seven years of prosperity. The seven thin scrawny cows that came up later and the seven thin heads of grain withered by the east winds represent seven years of famine. This will happen just as I have described it, for God has revealed to Pharaoh in advance what he's about to do. The next seven years will be a period of great prosperity throughout all the land of Egypt. But afterward, there will be seven years of famine so great that all the prosperity will be forgotten in Egypt. Famine will destroy the land. This famine will be so severe that even the memory of the good years will be erased. As for having two similar dreams, it means that these events have been decreed by God and he will soon make them happen. Therefore, Pharaoh should find an intelligent and wise man like Kendall and put him in charge of the entire land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh should appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one fifth of all the crops during the seven years. You made it through all the verses. <laughs> this is a Bible study, so we're going to read the Bible. Who, who would have thought? Who knew? And I was reading this, and the reason why we're doing Wednesday nights uh, this way, and, and we're reading much more extended passage, passages of Scripture if it calls for it, is because on Sundays you get to hear what God told me. And I really want to develop the conversation to where you are trained in what God can tell you through the scriptures. I might not be preaching this week on Sunday, which you have to go through on Wednesday. Yeah. And so I believe as you learn to study the word, as you learn to let God speak to you through his word, that, that it's going to have a profound impact, impact on your life. And so a couple of thoughts I want to share with you before we jump into some questions with not my guest, but my co-host. That's right. Was in, in verse 9. The chief cupbearer said something very interesting. He said, um, as Pharaoh was telling him the dream that did not have an interpretation, he said, today I've been reminded of my failure. And what's interesting is that he called his failure what he forgot. And if we're not careful, this season can feel like failure. I love, Ken, you were talking about people hitting rock bottom yeah, right. and people losing jobs. Yeah. And we don't want to ever discount that at all. But as we get hit with maybe the toughest time, this toughest six months, I mean, maybe we've all been alive. Yeah. Um, I, I want to remind you that your failure might not be what you're going through, but what you don't remember. You got to remember the last time you went through something, the last time God got you through something, the last time you overcame. We got to start to remember what God has done. Yes. And one of the things I love about the Jewish faith is almost all of the things that they do are based off of remembrance of what God has done. They're still celebrating the Passover like Christians, I love Christians. We get dressed. We put on our Sunday best. We go Easter. We take, we take chocolate for the kids. They're talking about what God did 3,000 years ago in Egypt, and they're still having a celebration about it. I want to challenge us that maybe our biggest failure in this season is what we forget. I believe the enemy wants to make us forget how God has been there, what he's done, the things he has led us through. And then the other thing that stood out was in verse 20, a part of Pharaoh's dream said that there were thin, uh, scrawny cows that ate the seven cows. There were thin cows that ate seven fat cows. But afterwards, you wouldn't have known it, yeah. for they were still thin and scrawny. 
I've been processing a lot about our building being closed and, and when we are going to open up. And I felt like, you know, the Bible talks about man does not live off of bread alone, but, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And if you, you come to church on Sundays, um, you have heard 52 sermons a year. If you also um, watch Wednesday night services, now you have had watched 104 sermons a year. If you were to watch an additional podcast or a sermon from another preacher, um, and, and, and therefore proclaiming yourself disloyal to me. <laughs> I was um, waiting for it. <laughs> um, then let's say you watch one of those a week. You have now watched 154 sermons. Very good math. Is that right? I don't know. Were you even in algebra? Okay, no. <laughs> 154 sermons. So let's just stop at that number. Because, yeah. You are consuming the word of God that the Bible compares to bread. And I think one of the reasons that God may have given us a reprieve from church is afterwards you wouldn't have known it. Wow. We consume all this content, all these sermons, all this, and afterwards we wouldn't have known it. I'll never forget this time when I talked to this guy before. He's like, dude, you just preached. I've been watching sermons for 20 years. You preached the most fire sermon I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, which one? He was like, the one where you were, um, right. oh, shoot. The one where you was, uh, dang. In the yellow shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And couldn't remember a word that I said. Wow. Mm -hmm. and, and so I honestly believe that one spiritual meal in the presence of God and in the word, people should be able to know that you had it. Mm. And so it says they consume seven fat cows, but afterwards you wouldn't have known it. And, and I want to make sure as a church that we're not consuming the word of God, but afterwards nobody would have known it. Mm. The other thing that I, that I wanted to point out was uh, in verse 23, it says, um, that the grains of the heads of grains were withered by the east wind, and and wind in the Bible uh, symbolizes change. Um, in the Garden of Eden, mm. when Adam and Eve sinned, it says that the the cool breeze of God came through the garden. Mm. There was no recording of any breeze or any wind before that, and I believe that that is symbolic to something had changed because that cool breeze came after Adam and Eve had sinned. And then in the book of Acts, the mighty rushing winds came and, and the church was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in Ezekiel 37, um, uh, Ezekiel called for, on the four winds to breathe breath into mm. the bones. And, and I honestly believe the winds of change have hit um, our country and our nation. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things I want to remind us is that I, I'm so grateful that we are protesting, that we are shouting, but, but God does not have bad breath. Ooh, I'm <laughs> preaching. I tell you, That's man, good, some dude. of this stuff out there feels like halitosis. Okay. We angry, we shouting, we're yelling, we're unforgiving, we're bitter. God shouts when he brings the wind, when he breathes his breath on a situation, it's grace, it's truth, it's hope, and it's love, and it's peace. And we have to get to this place if we're going to see the winds of change mm. hit our nation and hit our church. Those are my thoughts. Dude. We're starting off strong, yes, and we, we still are. got plenty of time left plenty in the show. <laughs> this is great. So, so it's now a show. It's a show. Welcome to the episode. It's a show. Okay. Show. Episode. Well, it ain't a show. It's a. It's the glory. It's okay. the glory. Absolutely, I love that. That's when you what you said at the beginning of what what we forget. It's so important to remember what God's done. It reminded me of that verse, and I'm probably going to butcher it, so like you can fix it up if I blaspheme. 
Um, but I think it's Lamentations 3 where it says, um, I remember it oh so well, the feeling of hitting rock bottom, which is right. what you talked about last week. But one thing I won't forget, one thing I remember, your mercies are new every single morning. And I just, when you were saying that, I remembered it because when we remember the mercy we experienced this morning, it's so easy to forget it by 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. When you remember the mercy from the beginning of the month, it's like right. the end of June comes and it's like, oh, but I got to pay rent next month. Right. And so I love that because if we can't remember what God's done, that's when we forget what his faithfulness has looked like so we that no wonder we can't see it in the future but i just i thought that was really really great bad breath was a um that was a real good analogy there you know it's and you're right it was lamentations three by the way yes imagine imagine your kid named lamentations yeah no you don't name a kid lamentations that'll that'll be different though from here on out i'm calling about lamentations lamentations low Oh. oh, it still it has a ring to it. It that was, does that's have a ring tough. to it. It has a ring to it. I'm not going to call my low, the first and probably the only. But my wife is retired. It's a Valley, so. yeah. Valley of Dry Bones, bro. All We're right. going to need to... Let's wow. move on. Valley Dry Bones. Real quick. Ezekiel 37 yep, yep. is going on. Okay, so <laughs> what did I think about um, this scripture, I think, is what you were trying to ask me. And even if you weren't, we're going to move on really quickly from Sounds that. Good. But I loved it. And I, I as I was reading the scripture... It reminded me, because last time when we left Joseph, last episode mm-hmm. of this show, um, we left him in jail, and the cupbearer had uh, forgotten about Joseph. And I was saying we've all been the cupbearer and we've all been Joseph. We've all uh, forgotten someone, we've all felt forgotten. But the thing is, is that if Joseph hadn't been in jail when the cupbearer remembered him, how would the cupbearer have known where he was? Because I think there's always that long time in the process and it feels like we're never going to get out of whatever prison we feel like we're in. But when God moves, he moves so quickly. And yet often we're not in the last place he left us. So the Bible says, and I think it's Psalm uh, 23, Psalm 23 verse 6, that his goodness and mercy, they follow us, they chase after us, they pursue us, depending on the version of that Uh, verse that you read. So if favor is following us, but it can't find us, how is it meant to get to us? So So the fact that Joseph was in prison actually was the way that he was able to quickly get his come up. What if he'd been released earlier? You wouldn't have been able to find him. And so he could have gone off and lived in freedom, but freedom wasn't even the ultimate goal for Joseph. It was to give this nation and then his family freedom and then the blessing that came for Joseph. So I just thought it was so interesting that so often in my life when I feel forgotten or I feel overlooked or I feel like I'm in a prison, the last thing I want to do is stay stay put. We want to go and search for the spotlight. We want to go and search for being seen, being loved, being chosen. We want to go and take the control back in our own hands. But I just wonder how many moments of favor I forfeited because I ran. Mm. What do you, that's a, such an interesting thought. I'd love to hear about that from your perspective, Kendall, because obviously as a young person, 16 years old, a lot of young people are chasing dreams and there's dreams. What do you want to do? You know, I don't know if you remember the first time someone said, what do you want to do when you, you grow up, you right. grow up yeah. or you get older? There's this pressure to have an understanding of what you're going yeah. to do as opposed to like trusting God with every step, step of the away. way. Right, right, right. Like, what do you feel? How have you handled, because you play basketball, incredible basketball player. How have you handled wanting to have a certain dream or wanting God to do something in the future, but staying focused on what's in front of you, even if it's a difficult time? Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is just having patience, right? 
um, understanding that you can only move as fast as God moves, right? And so in my life, I think a lot of people, what, what goes wrong is they get too um, crowded in their mind with, right. with goals that only they want, right? Not like God dreams or, or things that will change the world per se. Um, for even for you, right? You, during your childhood and, and throughout your life, you weren't a pastor, right? You were just Definitely now a pastor, right? <laughs> no shot. I was so you had, you had dreams of becoming a rapper and things like that is where I think a lot of the youth struggle right now is, is because of society and all these things. You want to you wanna go to the top. You want to be this famous guy that has all the money, has all the cars mm -hmm. and all that. But, but we're really not understanding what God has planned for us. We're not understanding where God can take us yeah. with those gifts that he gave us, right? And I think that Joseph really uses the gifts God gave him because even in, he says in, in verse 16, it's, it's beyond my power to do this, right. but God can tell you, right? Yeah. right? He's saying that it's, he's using God's gift yep. for him to, to, to interpret these dreams, but that's, it's, it's a God goal. It's a God thing. It's, mm. He's um, interpreting these dreams and making others feel better. So I think that's where the youth really struggles, right. and that's where I think I need to work on is, is understanding that God has a purpose for each and every one of our lives, right? And so taking our gifts and what he, and he gave us is where we need to focus our lives to. And, and it can be hard finding those things, right. but that's, that's ultimately what we need to do. That's really good. That's so powerful because just when you read that verse, Kendall, and at least when you brought up what we remember, is um, he was, Joseph was forgotten by the cupbearer, and then he could have felt like he was forgotten by God, yeah. but he still remembered God. So even though he could have felt forgotten, what he remembered is what got him out. Right. And, I, and I think yeah, even in, in a court case, they say that a lot of court cases are won in the closing arguments mm -hmm. because it's the last words of the prosecutor or the defense attorney. It's the last words that the jury remembers. So what is said last is, is arguably more significant than what is said first. Right. Yeah. And I think so many times, like, we don't let God get the last word in our situation. Back to Lamentations 3. If you read Lamentations chapter 3, y'all got to read it. It's unbelievable. It's so great. He wow. literally complains and cries the whole verse and then says last. But this I call to mind. God's mercy is new every, every morning. So he had this faith and this ability to believe that what he was going through today, mercy would hit him in the morning. Mm. And I think that's important that, that, we, that we do that. That's just so powerful. Um, if we look at Joseph being in prison and we, we look at Joseph getting out of prison uh, due to this gift that God ha has, has given him, we always hear this you know, phrase, the, your gift will make room for you. Yeah. And although I don't know if that's 100% interpreted correctly, um, how have you felt um, there's a difference between a God-given gift and, and, oh. and um, mm -hmm. well, let me just say this. Let me ask this way. Do you feel any temptation at all to use a gift that humans celebrate as opposed to using a gift that heaven would celebrate? Oh. Every single that day. That was a trick question. That was such 100%. a like. So tell me, tell me. Some, oh, I know it was a trick question. I know the answer. So oh, tell me, tell me this. Tell me this. Do you tell me the difference between 
Tell me a gift that you feel humans celebrate and a gift that you have that you feel like God celebrates and your battle between using. Probably my basketball two. skills is something mm -hmm. that people celebrate would be. And you um, definitely can't garbage. jump. It's been medically proven. Um, it's not been medically proven. I played state basketball in high school. Just want you to know. In Australia. I tripped over my shoelace the first time on the court, but I still played it. Probably one thing, moving right on, that humans celebrate would be, um, I think it would be my gift to communicate. I feel like I can communicate, depending on what audience I'm in, pretty well. And I think that I can lean on that and rely on that a lot. I think the gift that God celebrates is my desire to study his word and find that like intimate moment with him. And it's actually interesting because I think out of those moments, is the only times there's any real power behind anything I communicate, the ones that I've gone to him first. But often in the temptation to be applauded by humans, I want to skip that process to get to the platform and like tell people something that I could tell them, but I haven't experienced myself in this like secret place with God. And I think that that would be, that's one of the temptations of mine. What do you think? I don't know. I think for me, um, Right now, I haven't even found what, what God has on my heart. I haven't even discovered the many great things that, that he has planned for me, and that'll come with time. Um, but I think right now, I think society just puts such a bad a image on, on, yeah. on our minds. Like, mm. you pressure and, and want for these unreasonable things is just so prevalent right now. And, and kids are getting wrapped up in all these horrible negative things. And you see these, you know, tragic stories. And, and I think that that's, that's part of the problem is just like society is just such a bad mindset. Mm. And, and it teaches about wealth, success, right, everything, everything else. Gain. But it's not about what God has planned for you. It's not right. about yeah. that. I can think that that would be the answer. I have a question, I guess. How, if people are watching this and they're like, okay, I want to figure out what humans celebrate versus what God celebrates. Would there be any specific way that you'd be like, hey, here's how you can tell what humans celebrate and what God... And then, there um, would, Elise, from the story of Joseph. Tell me. If you, if you think about how Joseph got in the pit, Joseph's journey to the pit began with a gift. His dad gave him a coat yeah. of many colors. And it got him to the pit because a human gave him a gift that everybody wanted. So he ended up in a pit, then he ended up in prison. But how he ended up with the dream was a gift God gave him nobody had. Nobody had the ability to interpret dreams. Yes. Right. And so to all of our points, I believe practically, we want the gifts everybody wants. So we can say, look, I got the coat. I have the coat. We're actually pursuing the coat. And he actually had two coats taken from him, interesting yeah. enough. He mm -hmm. got the coat taken from him um, when his brothers took it. He right. was wearing a coat when uh, Potiphar's wife accused him. She snatched a coat for him. Yeah, so there was this it. thing where yeah. he kept losing the coats. Right. And so I think practically, typically, if you are falling into the human gifts, you are seeking God for something everybody wants. Mm -hmm. mm. You think your dreams are, are money and, and nothing wrong with having money. Right. But I'm saying typically a God dream is God wants to give you something nobody has because they need it.
it's, there's certain people right now who have no wisdom for what's going on. So yeah. there's some people out here and you got a gift of wisdom and you need to use that gift yeah. of wisdom. There are certain things in every season nobody has. Kendall, I believe that you have something nobody has. Mm. That's why it's hard to find it because right. nobody has it. Can't see it and so you can't see it anywhere. So you don't acknowledge it as it's a gift until everybody celebrates it. So right. Joseph got in the pit and got in prison when he got a gift from a human, everybody wanted, he got out of it. When God gave him a gift, nobody had. Wow. And I think that God has this way of, of, of creating us uniquely, even in, in church, right? right? We, we always talk about ministry. So then, then you start a church, everybody wants a big church, right? And then when it becomes cool to be healthy, now it's cool to be woke and everybody right. wants to be woke and everybody wants to post and everybody wants to, but, but, but I honestly believe a lot of that comes from approval rating. I'll know I'll be disapproved of if I don't post. Mm -hmm. wow. And so then when I don't have to battle disapproval, I'm not going to post it. But if right. you're not going to like me, Black Lives Matter. Let me, mm -hmm. And really, there has been no heart change. I don't even have black friends, and I'm talking about Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. right. So then there isn't this heart change. So I think what I'm saying is practically we have to go in-depth enough with God in his presence, in his word, get mentorship so we can discover the thing that God has given us that nobody in our circle has. And I think everybody watching has that thing Definitely. that nobody has, that thing that your community needs yeah. from you, that thing that your family needs from you. And, 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 they, you, and, and people may not celebrate that thing, but hell of, heaven celebrates it in a major way. Even if you think about heaven rejoicing when the lost one is found, wow. the church rejoices when yeah. they're all cleaned up. They, yeah. We rejoice when they get off crack. Right. Yeah. Heaven rejoices when they come into the kingdom, even though they still struggle with yeah, that. Yeah, that's so good. Imagine our testimony yeah, right. videos in church. Dude is still cracked out, <laughs> but he's like a member. Right. He's like, hey, you still smoke? Yep. <laughs> I love that he sounds like that. <laughs> but we're so clapping yeah. because we found him. Right. Mm -hmm. He's not wandering anymore. Yeah. Right, right, right. We always show the videos where everything's all cleaned up. I've been clean and sober for five years. And I'm not saying we shouldn't. Right. But I'm saying... Even in the church, we can lean into what people um, celebrate. I love that. Yeah. Let me ask you uh, uh, another question because I think we're, we're on a bit of a roll. I love it. Um, I have a hard time as a dad. Like last night, my oh, wife went oh, out of town. I, I gave my wife a break. Yeah, I gave my wife a break. She's in um, Orange County for two days. Oh, I'm like, it. I'm that husband. Okay, no. You're, you're getting a break. That's brownie points. Honey, right you're there. getting brownie. No, it's, it's Speaking of human fudge celebration. brownie points. It's fudge brownie points. So I gave my wife a break from the kids. Um, so it's um, me and we're taking care of it. Doing great. Me, Maddie, Jamaica's helping out. Um, big sis. But in that, um, my kids got upset when she left. And I had a hard time seeing them upset. Mm -hmm. Right. Just, I'm that person. Like, when all my nieces and nephews, I have so many nieces and nephews mm -hmm. on staff, and right. if any of them cry, they know to come to me. Uh, my friend Sam's son, uh, Asher, we were all hanging out at our house, and Asher started crying because he saw a spider, and they know. Come to Uncle Gio. Uncle Gio. Come to Uncle Gio because Uncle he Gio. is going to make whatever I'm upset about, <laughs> maybe even a bigger deal right. than what I make. I just can't watch kids cry. Right. And so he cried a few times and he came to me. And I think I have this thing where I'm trying to wrestle with the idea that I don't, as a father, I hardly have the capacity to watch my kids cry. And I wrestle with 
God the Father being able to watch his kids suffer. Mm. Wow. And I can't even Shoot. watch them cry. Cry. cry, but yet God will watch me suffer. There's people in this nation suffering. Joseph is suffering. So then there has to be this faith that kicks in mm. that say, if I can't watch my kids cry, but yet God can watch me suffer, then does that make God bad? Does that make God bad? Right. Or is suffering good for me? Mm. Because maybe God has a little bit more revelation about the things that we go through help prepare us for the places we're going to. Yeah, right, I agree. Right. And I think of everything in my life that I hated the most prepared me the best. Yes. Yes. Everything I'm doing 100%. now, even the job I hated. Yep. And so I think if we kind of wrap this up for people watching, how do you think that this year, this six months, how do you think that it's preparing or might be preparing people for all that God wants to do? Or how do you think it's revealing all that God wants to do? Because Joseph got the revelation of what God wanted to do in the difficult time. How do you think it might be preparing people for uh, what God wants to do if they know it? But how do you think it may be revealing? I'll start with you. I think that, uh, well, I think I said it last week. I think it could be both. Um, I think the big prayer out of this season is God reveal the things that I've been holding on to. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah, whatever. Uh, I think it's chapter six. Um, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And I just, it's, it might be becoming one of my life verses. I don't even know what that really means, but you say it a lot. So like, yeah, it's my life verse now. But the fact is, is that it always gets me the fact it wasn't the addition of something with favor in Isaiah's life that he saw the Lord. It was the removal of something familiar in his life that resulted in him seeing the Lord. And I think in this um, time of this quarantine, there, there were so many things that were removed and that revealed the void in our life. And I think that for us, it's our choice then what we do with that, whether we're gonna try and fill it with something else or we're gonna go, God, you're clearly removing this out of my life for a reason. Would you help me see you and therefore what you're doing in, in my life? And I think that um, if we can do that, if we can really do that, and that's so much easier said than done because that gap is painful. Mm -hmm. yeah. When there was something that used to fill us, when there's something that we used to love doing, whether it was a relationship or a career or um, just something that we would go to, whether it was shopping or working out or whatever, to numb a pain, when suddenly we were in our houses and all we had was our feelings and a couch, what, what do you do with that? Mm. And yet I think it's been in that time that God will reveal. And if we ask him to restore it, he will. Or maybe he'll remove it from our life or he'll remove us from what he wanted to do through us. And that's the scariest thing. So I think I'm asking God, like, hey, suffering sucks. <laughs> like I'm not asking to suffer, but now again, remembering what he's done in my past, that's been able to prepare me for now. I think that God allowed Joseph to suffer because he saw him as prime minister and knew I, I need a little while longer with you. I need a little while longer. It can't be now because what I've got for you next, we, we just need to spend a little more time together. But I think if I was God and I had all that time and all that perspective, 
I think it makes it maybe easier. So I'm trusting that when I'm suffering, God's preparing me almost like a spiritual core so that when we have to brace for the next season, it's strong. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think, Kendra? How do you think this season could prepare people for what God wants to do? Um, I just think that I love the saying, like, diamonds are made in the rough. Like, Bro, let's this, go. There's the amount of pressure that people experience yeah. and, and the amount of things that people experience right now currently mm -hmm. are, are just, they're just playing out horrible, right? And people are suffering right now. Um, but I think I love what you were saying. It's just like if we have trust and faith and we understand that God is moving constantly and always, right. have, by having that, we know that in the future that, that something good will come out of it, that yeah. we're not going to be left in the, in the crowd, like we're not going to be left in the back, that we're going to go somewhere even though we have suffered. Yeah. That's really good. And in our closing thought, our final thought, our final word, I don't know what I'm calling it yet. Jerry Springer, Jerry Springer. last week. Yeah, just send in your, your thoughts on what we should call the final thought segment. <laughs> but um, Send in your thoughts. I was reminded of how many different things in the church that we like assign to a thing that wasn't how it was originally intended. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the Daniel fast. Mm -hmm. um, at the beginning of the year, so many believers go on the Daniel fast. And the Daniel fast is basically you go vegan for 21 days and you don't eat any meat. Um, eat it's meat. like fruits and vegetables, because in Daniel chapter one, uh, Daniel didn't eat anything but fruits and vegetables. And so you'll have a lot of people in the church at the beginning of the year, they're Daniel fasting, they're eating lettuce and smoothies and all these fun things like arugula and just fun things, you know? And, and typically when they eat these things, they're on this Daniel fast, they're praying and believing God to do something for the year. So they're fasting drawing near to God. And, and they're also maybe even believing. I've heard so many stories like this where they're fasting, trying to draw near to God, and they're believing for God to do something. And I realized when I was reading Daniel chapter one this week that neither thing had anything to do while Daniel was, was, was fasting. Matter of fact, we call it a Daniel fast, but he did not call it a Daniel fast. He didn't say, hey, I am launching, it's like Tybo, Billy Blanks. He's like, I'm launching the Daniel fast and people are gonna do this for thousands of years at the beginning of the year for 21 days to see God move in their life. No, he didn't say that. The, the thing, if you read the scripture, is the Babylonians had a lot of really awesome food. Like food that on the surface looked as if it would, you would be better off if you ate that. And Daniel said this, I'm not touching that food, that pagan food, this pagan celebration food. I'm not breaking the laws of God. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go without what you have. I'm not going to complain about what you have. Mm. I'm not going to say it's not fair that you have that. I'm not going to call what you have privilege. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go without what you have. And I'm going to come out better Jeez. not having it right. than you came out having, having. it. Ooh. And when I operate in less Jeez. compared to what you call abundance and I'm better off with wow. my less than you are with your abundance, you will realize that wasn't abundance at all, that I have Jesus and whatever I have with yeah. Jesus is more than what you have if you have it without him. I am preaching just... right now. Can I get up? Can I get up? Wait, no, I can't get up. Take a lot no, around the table. I'll come out of focus. Okay. Did you hear what I just said? I did. The Daniel fast was the test of less. Mm. 
It was basically Daniel saying, I can, thank you, brother, keep faster, because it's getting hot up in here. Double thing. He was basically saying, right. although what you have looks good, and it might be not fair that I don't have it. Wow. Watch what God does with what I have. And I'm going to come out of this next season better than what you. I'm coming out better even though I have less. Mm. That is the Daniel fast. And I believe that God has called the body of Christ on literally a cultural Daniel fast. Mm. Where we will prove the, 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 our, prove our faith in the God we serve when we come yes. out better, yes, yes. even though we had less. So I want to encourage somebody. You might have less money in this season. You might have less of what you used to have. But I believe this is a prophetic word over you yep. that you're going to come out better than the people you're watching because you have Jesus and less. They might have more without God, but you're going to come out better. You're going to come out of COVID-19 better. You're going to come out of racial injustice better. But you got to have the faith that Daniel had where he said, I'm coming out yep. better. I'm preaching. I got to stop right now. We are over time. But I, I, I really believe that is the word yeah. of, of the Lord. And so as you engage in, in this next couple of moments, we're going to have some questions on the screen uh, for you tonight. But I really believe you're going to come out better. If yeah. you can, can you help me thank not my guests, but my co-hosts, co <laughs> Elise Murphy and Kendall Haley. We love y'all so much. Can't wait to see you on next week's episode we of The Conversation. conversation. <laughs> we'll see y'all soon.